Chapter Four of Grace Harlowe's First Year at Overton College by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four: Miriam's Unwelcome Surprise. The two days that followed were busy ones for Grace, Anne, and Miriam. The morning after their arrival, Mabel Ashe and Frances Martin appeared at half past eight o'clock to conduct them to Overton Hall. There they registered and were then sent to the room which the examination in French was to be held examinations in the other required subjects followed in rapid succession and it was friday before they had settled themselves in wayne hall the house in which they were to live as students of overton college wayne hall was a substantial four-story brick house just a block from the campus it was looked upon as a strictly freshman house but occasionally sophomores lived there as the rooms were well furnished and the matron mrs elwood had a reputation for looking out for the welfare of her girls to their delight, Grace and Anne had been allowed to room together, while Miriam had by lucky chance secured a room to herself across the hall. If that poor little yellow-haired freshman hadn't failed in all her exams, I shouldn't be rooming alone, said Miriam rather soberly, as she dived into the depths of the now almost emptied trunk. Did you meet her? asked Grace, who, seated on the bed beside Anne, watched Miriam's unpacking with interested eyes. No, replied Miriam. One of the freshmen at the table told me about her she said that the poor girl cried all day yesterday and last night she didn't dare write to her father who it seems is very severe that she had failed he won't know she's coming until she reaches home what a pity said anne sympathetically it must be dreadful to fail and know that one must face not only the humility of the failure but the displeasure of one's family too if i had failed in my examinations neither father nor mother would have said one reproachful word said grace of course i'm sorry for her said miriam but considering the fact that i am now going to room alone i shall write to mother and ask her to send me the money to furnish this room as i please i'd like to have a davenport bed and i want a chiffonier and dressing-table to match there's room here for a piano too i'll have it over in this corner and then i'll rap 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 sounded on the door come in called miriam frowning at the interruption the door opened to admit mrs elwood and following in her wake laden with a bag and two suitcases her hat pushed over her eyes a half suspicious half belligerent expression on her face was j elfreda briggs well i never she gasped in astonishment dropping her belongings in a heap on the floor and making a dive for the nearest chair you're the last people i ever expected to see where have you been anyway i suppose you'd all flunked in your exams given up the job and gone back to glendale hilldale what was the name of that dale you hail from oakdale supplemented anne slyly yes that's it oakdale foolish name for a town isn't it during this outburst mrs elwood had stood silent looking at j alfreda with doubtful eyes now she said apologetically i'm very sorry miss nesbit but could you that is would you mind having a roommate after all my sister mrs arnold who manages ralston house just down the street from here took miss briggs because she thought one of her girls wasn't coming back now the girl is here and she has no place for miss briggs of course if you insist on not having a roommate my sister and i will see that miss briggs secures a room in one of the other college houses mrs elwood paused and looked questioningly at miriam who stood silent an inscrutable expression on her face grace and anne remembering miriam's dislike for the stout girl wondered what her answer would be the settling of the question was not left to miriam for during the brief silence that followed Mrs. Elwood's depreciatory speech, J. Elfreda had been making a comprehensive survey of her surroundings. "'It's all right, Mrs. Elwood,' she drawled. 
don't worry about me i like this room and i guess i can get along with miss nesbit you may tell a friend the expressman to have my trunk sent here i'm not going back to ralston house with you i'm too tired i'm staying here mrs elwood looked appealingly at miriam as though mutely trying to apologize for j alfreda's disregard for the rights of others miriam's straight black brows drew together she stared at their unwelcome guest with a look that caused a slow flush to rise in the stout girl's face suddenly her face relaxed into a smile of intense amusement and extending her hand to j alfreda she said you are welcome to half this room if you care to stay well i never exclaimed the other girl for the second time as she shook the proffered hand honestly i thought you were going to give me a regular freeze-out you looked like a thundercloud for a minute i expect it won't be all sunshine around here this year for i'm used to having things go my way and i guess you are too then perhaps learning to defer to each other will be good practice for both of us suggested miriam perhaps it will but i doubt if we ever practice it was the discouraging retort i'll notify my sister that you are to be here miss briggs broke in mrs elwood then i'll see that this room is made ready for two thank you miss nesbit she turned gratefully to miriam all right answered j alfreda indifferently you can fix it up if you want to but i warn you that i'll probably buy my own furniture and throw out all this she waved a comprehensive hand at the despised furniture you are at liberty to make whatever changes you wish mrs elwood responded rather stiffly and without further remark left the room she didn't like my remark about her furniture commented the stout girl but i'm not worrying about it it's funny that i should run into you girls though what kind of a time have you been having here and did you pass all your exams the girls replied in the affirmative then grace asked the same question of alfreda of course was the laconic answer i had a tutor all summer besides i told you on the train that i wasn't a woodenhead where did you stay until you went to ralston house asked anne we saw you go away from the station with two girls when you left the train and we've seen you twice at a distance during examinations but this is the first chance we've had to talk with you j alfreda stared at anne her eyes narrowing do you want to know just what happened to me she asked slowly well i'll tell you three girls about it because i've got to tell someone and i don't believe you'll spread the story we won't tell anyone promised grace how about you two asked the stout girl i'll answer for both of us smiled anne all right then i'll tell you now remember you've promised the girls nodded well it was this way began alfreda when i left the train i hadn't gone six steps until two girls walked up to me and asked if i were a freshman they said they were on the committee to meet and look after the girls who were entering college for the first time. I said that was very kind of them and asked them to show me the way to Ralston House. They picked up my suitcases and we started out. They asked me my name and all sorts of questions and I told them a little about myself, continued the stout girl pompously. They seemed quite impressed too. Then one of them said she thought I had better see the registrar before going to Ralston House, for the registrar would be anxious to meet me. They both said I was quite different from the rest of the new girls, and made such a lot of fuss over me that I invited them into the little shop across the station to have ice cream. And then? asked Miriam. Then, said J. Alfreda impressively, after they had had two Sundays apiece at my expense, they played a mean trick on me. They took me into a big building a little further down the street, down a long hall, and left me sitting on a seat outside what I supposed was the registrar's office. They said I must wait there and the registrar's clerk would come out and conduct me to the registrar. They said it was against the rules to walk into the office and that it was the business of the clerk to come out every half hour and conduct anyone who was waiting into the registrar's private office. Well, I sat there and sat there. It made me think of when I was a kiddie and used to watch the cuckoo clock to see the bird come out. But there wasn't even a bird came out of that door, continued Alfreda gloomily. 
People passed up and down the hall, and every once in a while a man would walk right into the place without knocking or seeing the clerk or anything else. After I had sat there for at least two hours, I made up my mind to go in even if I were ordered out the next minute. I marched up to the door and opened it and walked into the office. There was no one in sight but a young woman who was putting on a hat. "'Where's the registrar?' I asked. "'He hasn't been here today,' she said. "'I thought the registrar was a woman,' I said. She seemed surprised at that and asked what made me think so. I said that two of the students had told me. Then she looked at me in the queerest way and began to smile. "'Do you want to see the registrar of Overton College?' she asked. "'Of course I do,' I said, for I began to suspect that something was wrong. Then she stopped smiling and said it was too bad, but whoever had sent me there had played a trick on me and brought me to the office of the Register of Deeds. Instead of Overton Hall, I was in the county courthouse. "'Now can you beat it?' finished Elfreda slangily. "'I should say not,' cried Grace indignantly. "'I think it was contemptible in them to accept your hospitality and then treat you in that fashion. No really nice girl would do any such thing, even in fun.' "'I should say not,' sympathised Miriam, forgetting that she did not yearn for J. Elfreda as a roommate. "'What did you do after you discovered your mistake?' "'I left the register's office, his deeds and all the rest of the building in pretty short order,' continued Elfreda. "'When I reached the street, I went straight back to the station and hired a carriage to take me to the Ralston house. "'Mrs. Arnold gave me my supper, even though it was late, and the next day I saw the registrar in earnest. "'I told her the whole story and described the girls.' I didn't know their names, but she said she thought she knew who they were from the description, so I suppose she'll send for me before long to identify them. But you're not going to, questioned Grace in astonishment. Why not, returned the stout girl calmly. Do you think I'll let slip a chance to get even with them? I guess not. But this will be carried to the dean, and they will be severely reprimanded, and the whole college will know it, expostulated Grace. Well, the whole college should know it, stoutly contended Alfreda. "'I'll show those two smart young women that I'm not as green as I appear to be.' Grace was on the verge of saying that J. Alfreda would have shown more wisdom by keeping silent, but suddenly checked herself. She had no right to criticise J. Alfreda's motives. To her the bare idea of telling tales was abhorrent, while this girl gloried in the fact that she had exposed those who annoyed her. "'I'm sorry you told the registrar,' she said slowly. "'Perhaps in the rush of business she'll forget about it.' "'She'd better not,' threatened Alfreda, "'or she'll hear it from me.' When it comes to getting even, I never relent. I'm just like Pa in that respect. However, let's change the subject. Now that I'm here, show me where I can put my clothes, she added, addressing Miriam. Do you keep your things in order? I never do. The morning I left home, Ma said she felt sorry for my future roommate. Alfreda kept up a brisk monologue as she opened one of her suitcases and began hauling out its contents. Miriam made a gesture of hopeless resignation behind the stout girl's back. "'I must go to my room and get ready for dinner,' said Grace, her eyes dancing. "'Coming, Anne?' Anne nodded, and the two girls beat a hasty retreat. Alfreda's calm manner of appropriating things and Miriam's resigned air were too much for them. Once inside their room, they gave way to uncontrolled merriment. "'I knew I'd laugh if I stayed there another second,' confessed Anne. "'Poor Miriam. I heartily agree with Ma, don't you?' "'Yes,' smiled Grace. Then, her face sobering, she added, "'I'm afraid she is laying up trouble for herself.' I wish she hadn't told. End of chapter 4